so much of the picture and it's so much of, I think what drives me and it's living in alignment. So the phrase that I always use is that Mm -hmm. we're creating a life by design, not Mm -hmm. by default. Welcome to the relational parenting podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20 year childcare veteran. Each week I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at Jenny at JennyB.co. Let's get started. Amy Kufal is a fitness business owner turned digital entrepreneurship coach who specializes in helping heart-centered entrepreneurs build businesses that give them time, financial, and location freedom while making a positive impact on the clients they serve. Outside of working with her coaching clients, Amy is a homeschooling mom to her 11-year-old daughter, an avid traveler, and a coffee fanatic. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, So we are here with Amy Kufal this week. She is a mom. She is a fitness uh, trainer, right? And you are also now a digital entrepreneur coach, um, helping other women create online businesses. And yeah. And so I want to start with parenting. I want to start with, you have a very unique parenting journey that I think will benefit so many of our listeners. So I would love for you to um, share with us the journey that that got you on this path to entrepreneurship in the first place. That sounds good. Thank you again for having me on. Um, yes. So parenting journey, I think like most of my life takes its takes its turns and it's an interesting journey. I had my daughter at 25. So beautiful. had my wonderful daughter started out as a single parent, been a single parent ever since. And so of course, as a single parent that comes with like a lot of responsibilities, your life is super busy, all of these things. So I, at the point that I had had her, actually, I was working as a personal trainer and this is pre COVID. So as a 20 something personal trainer, I had a beautiful schedule of eight to five in the morning and then about five to 8 PM at night. And when you're young and you're 20 something and you have no one that you're right. responsible for, that completely works. Right. Now I have this daughter that I'm responsible for. It was able to work for a little bit because I was with her in the middle of the day and then I could just work. She was with my parents for the morning and the evenings when I would do my personal training. But then as she started to get three, four years old, I went, oh my gosh, like, there's no way. And the only education that I had known was public education. Mm-hmm. So in my head at this point, I said, okay, I'm working five to eight in the morning, five to eight at night. And my daughter's going to be in school from eight to three. I'm never going to see her if this is the career path that I'm on. And as devastating as it was to leave personal training, because it was definitely a profession that I felt fulfilled in my biggest role at that point, of course, all of us know the second you have a kid, the biggest role at that point is, is your child. Yeah. Yeah. My degree is in education and specifically health and fitness education. So 
I decided to go back to education as reluctantly as that was. I went back to education and got a job. I was teaching for eight years in public ed just in order to match her schedule. During that time, I, as a, I don't know how much, too much we want to get into it, but I was that high school student that was like a 4.0, like stayed up till 3 a.m. writing papers and like full tears, like tears just to get up at five to do it all again. And not because I cared about the material, more because this internal pressure, this obligation, and I was making myself so stressed and it really was not a healthy time for me. And so I knew my perspective as a a student and it was not great. And then now seeing it from the teacher role, I saw another level of intensity that I knew I didn't want for my own daughter. Yeah. And I didn't want her to experience all of the things that I did. And if, if there's time for a quick story here around that is that one yeah, of the absolutely. things. And We've again, got time. I We've got time. Plenty of time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um, one of the pivotal moments that happened to me when I was 16 and I didn't realize at the time that it was such a pivotal moment, but reflecting on it as an adult, I now do is that as I mentioned, I would be perfectionist to the extreme. You know, if the teacher said this many word paper, that's how many I had or more. Mm -hmm. And just felt like I was constantly trying to keep up for an end goal. Would you say people please? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. For an end goal that. To please the adults and get the rewards. Yes. And, And this feeling that I had to be that. Yeah. And at the age of 16, I ended up getting diagnosed with melanoma and I ended up having to spend a week in the hospital. I went through surgery. They almost had to skin graft. I was in a wheelchair afterwards and everyone around me was like, while I was in the hospital, I went into Dana-Farber and the whole time they were like, oh my gosh, you must be devastated. You must be so scared. You must be upset. The only thing I felt during that entire week was relief because Mm. it was the only time in my life that no teacher was shoving work at me. I didn't mm-hmm. have to keep my room clean. Mm-hmm. And for me that, you know, you think as you're 16, I guess nothing's that much of a wake up call, <laughs> but you would think that would be a wake up call, but it wasn't until I reflected on it as an adult, because after that week, I got right, right back to what I was doing, right. reflecting on it as an adult. I said, Oh my God, it took a cancer diagnosis for me to feel like I had permission to take a break. Yeah. It was the groundwork for a realization for a, yeah. for, a for a moment, right? It yeah. was the universe laying the groundwork for that. hundred percent. And I just knew I didn't want that for my daughter. I knew I didn't want her to have that kind of external pressure to perform hmm. for material that she was probably going to forget later anyways, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. If yeah. you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. You used the word obligation. It, was, it wasn't an internal uh, goal-oriented, I'm going to do this thing. It was a, like, I have to do this for some reason. So that's much less. To be worthy, pleasant, to know. get the grade, to make the people yes. in my life, to make my adults happy because they've told yeah. me this is the box I yes. have to check in order to be successful, to get into college, to get a job, all the, like, all the things. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, share... So- we share our story. I don't think we touched on this when we had our phone call. Um, and, Cause I don't think you had ever told me your cancer story. I had cancer. I was also 4.0 valedictorian um, 
staying up, studying, doing the things like to get the grades, to please the people thinking that was the only way to be successful in my life. And I was also diagnosed with cancer. I was 17. 17. Um, Yeah. And when you say when I was going through it, it didn't, it didn't phase me. And in fact, it was borderline felt good because you were, yes, you were taken completely taken care of. You were completely seen and held and loved exactly as you were the mess that you were, et cetera. And, and you finally got a break. Um, and then later on reflecting on it, I personally had a complete fucking meltdown. Um, but at the time I was going through it, I was invincible and cancer, like cancer, what, like nothing can kill me. Right. And then you reflect later and you're like, Oh, I could have died or (laughs) yeah, yeah. it could have been so much worse. Same. There was no, but again, we chatted briefly prior to, to recording this, but there, at least for me, was a sense of knowing that I was going to be fine. Yeah. There was not, there was not any question in my, and my parents were crying. Of course, they're devastated. Their child just got diagnosed with melanoma. And not only that, they had said, had you not come in when you did, if you had come in two weeks later, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, but, and so they were very upset because, you know, it's their child the entire time there was a knowing that I was going to be fine. There was never a question. Ditto. I never thought that I was Yeah. like treatment was sucked. That the youth? Surgery sucked. Was that, the, was that the oblivious of youth, the invulnerability or was that, or was, you know, looking back on it, was that more of a, an, a knowing in your heart kind of thing? I think thing. it was a knowing. Certainly. I mean, I shouldn't even say, I think it was a knowing Um, to get into the, the background of that a little bit is, from a very young age, I've always, and I just recently found out there's a word for it. It's called claircognizant. Like yeah. found this out last week. So, I had never yeah. heard this word before in my life. Instead <laughs> of so clairvoyant, it's, it's so claircognizant. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I had just, again, just recently heard this word and from a very young age have had experiences leading up to things that would have been devastating news, had experiences leading up to them to allow me to have a knowing once that moment arrived. And essentially what had happened prior to my cancer diagnosis at age 16, for the month prior to having that diagnosis, I started having dreams. Like at night I would have these dreams and I would be doing completely normal things in my dream. So in my dream, I'm almost watching myself and I'm watching myself wash the dishes. But as I'm watching the dishes, there was just this knowing that I had cancer I'm like, okay. So, and every night, no matter what I was dreaming, this dream also had this knowing that I had cancer. Now Mm -hmm. in my awake life, I started noticing Relay for Life t-shirts everywhere. And just like things Mm -hmm. just lighting up in my Mm -hmm. day-to-day life. And I'm like, this is weird, weird. And started to get to the point over that month that said, I'm going to get cancer. Like I'm getting all of these signs, like wake up, Amy, here they are, here they are. So at this point, I'm like, how do I, how do I, do I go to the doctor and say, oh, I think I might have cancer. Right. And then you're 16. You're like, you're like, no one, no one's going to listen to me. Okay. Yeah. What signs do you have? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I had no evidence to show them outside this, this knowing. So I didn't say anything to anyone. I didn't say anything to my parents. I didn't say anything to the doctors because I'm like, I don't want to look like a Looney Tunes here. They're going to be like, how? And I'm not going to know. 
I got out of the shower one day. I was drying off and I was drying off with a towel, drying off my leg. And I saw what I thought was still a speck of dirt on my ankle. And I'm like, how did that? I just like got out of the shower. So I went to wipe it off and it was a dark black freckle. And in that moment I went, ha ha, that's it. That's the cancer that I've been knowing from. And it's almost like, it's almost like, yes, it was on my left ankle. And I'm like, there we go. Finally, the, the physical proof has shown up for something that I've already known. Mm -hmm. So I had went to, we had looked up a dermatologist and I went to her and I said, okay, here's the thing. I didn't tell the whole backstory, but I'm like, here's the thing. I have the spot on my ankle. I want to get it taken off. I think it's probably cancer. She did nothing short of laughing, patting me on the head and saying, no, 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 honey. Like you're 16. Like that happens when you're older, like head on home. You're not in the, you're not in the mainstream. No. And she goes, the the borders look clean. You're good. And I just, I went home, but I could not shake it. So I went, I went to my mom and I said, we need to go over her head. We went over her head. I ended up finding a surgeon. They took it out. And that's the surgeon that said, after the biopsy came back, had you waited two weeks later, this would be a different conversation. It was going deep, not wide. We needed a skin graft. So it's this knowing that I think has been ever present for as long as I can remember. So yeah. it wasn't like this huge thing you'd been ignoring for five years no. or anything. It was just a it little It was not speck. there the day before, and it was there when I got out of the shower. And by the time it was there, the guy was like two weeks more, and this would be different. Wow. Yeah, just because they said it was spreading so rapidly, deeply. Yeah. yeah. It would have gone that. into your lymph nodes. Yeah, Scary. then we would be looking at radiation. Yeah. Scary. So. Thing, but- <laughs> But it's trust your gut. That's the moral of this story is like when you know something, don't ignore it. I think we yes. all have this sense of, of you know, well, we're we're in such intuition a or age. gut feeling mm-hmm. or yeah, like you people yeah. dismiss, especially if you're a kid or a teenager, the like, oh, yes. that's not what science tells us is normal. So probably not. Like you just don't mm-hmm. know anything. Yeah. That like that yeah. that yeah. condescension of children. Um, and, and I'm not like kids make shit up all the time, especially when they're little, like (laughs) people have, like kids have imaginations and, and I'm not saying everything that comes out of your mouth, your kid's mouth is going to be a cancer diagnosis, but there's, we dismiss people who we think, whether it's an adult or a child, we dismiss people's gut feelings and intuition simply because there's no physical evidence yet. Yes. And people do it to themselves because, because they're, it's done to them as children. And so they stop listening to themselves. They stop listening to their inner knowing and their intuition and their gut feelings about things. And they start people pleasing and checking boxes that other people have decided makes a good life. And then you complete, you turn 25 and you look around and you're like, I literally hate everything I've built. Like, what am I doing with my life? Yes. And I didn't want that for my daughter. Right. And I did, you know, and so I think part of the way I parent for sure is parenting against that. Yeah. There's part, there's, there's a place for both, you know, the, the science, the, I can calculate the trajectory of my satellite so I can hit this comet going by, you know, millions of miles away to -hmm. get certainty, you know, people crave certainty. And the, we were just talking before about it's messy coming. There's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of external influences, and the rest of life is messy. You know, science is a way to 
neaten things up, not disparaging science right. at all. If it weren't for science, I might not be here. <laughs> if we're going right. to figure this out and be responsible, we need to be able to track this down. So you discard things that aren't reliable, <clears throat> but it's still there. It's not that it doesn't exist. You know, when the right. scientists tell you poo-poo, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That just means it's outside their expertise. Yes, yeah. agree. Yeah. But yeah, so I do, I think that kind of leads back to two in the question you're asking of how I got to where I am parenting is that, so I, I've had this experience and like you just touched upon the experience of it being a child that in the setting, without ruffling too many feathers, in the school setting, there is yeah. the teacher higher we up. We did a whole education there, series, students, please ruffle feathers, whole the, public right, education. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and the students are less than, and, and they're taught to always look to that adult figure for the answer and yeah. to stop taking their own voice as valid. And I knew, especially after going into teaching myself, I knew that that was not the path that I wanted for my own daughter. And that's why, so she went to public kindergarten, she went to public first grade, but ever since she was in kindergarten, even as a single parent, and it was one of those things that I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. How as a single parent, can I work full time on the sole income earner for my yeah. house and homeschool my daughter? And who the heck is she going to be with during the day? But from the moment I enrolled her in school, I had the full intention of starting to put pieces in place to be yeah. able to pull her. And that yeah. ended up happening at the start of her second grade year. That's so healthy where it's like nice. you, you don't you, you don't get overwhelmed because it's not all there now. It's like, okay, there's a, there's a set of steps I can take here. And yeah. so we'll do this, grab a thread to start untangling things, and maybe you have to grit your teeth for a while while you get all the other pieces in place. Yes. But, yeah, but there's I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's yeah. A, you know, it's yeah. a great attitude. And I think things start to fall into place. I've always found this, too, in my own life. Things start to fall into place once you put that intention out there. Mm -hmm. and in ways that you wouldn't expect either. And it's after I had made the declaration in my own mind that I was going to be pulling her out in homeschooling. A couple of circumstances fell in place. One being my mom's job moved from the town that it was in to a town that was one town over from the center that I ended up sending my daughter to. No way. Wow. So that's really me, rearranging things. Yeah. Right. And it's just, I think again, it comes back to that thing where the universe is working in your favor Yes. when you put the intention out there. So it ended up yes. being that my mom was going to work at the same time that my daughter would need to get dropped off 10 minutes away from her work. Perfect. So I mean, stuff that you can't predict. So just keep right. taking that step forward and things put themselves in place. I always say that the universe can, can weave a, like weave. I, I can, I can, manifest, I can picture this is where I want to be, or this is the goal, or this is what I want my life to look like. The universe will weave the circumstances together and create something better than I could have created. Like if I were in charge of the whole process, like yes. the universe <laughs> will weave it in a much more beautiful, like succinct way. Yeah. It's not going as quick as you want. It's trusting. Yeah. Like, no, it's still coming together. Yes. That's our job, right? Is to trust the process. And then, yeah, yeah that's hard. When you, when you notice too many coincidences strung together, it's time to wonder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's when yeah. I go, I'm not the only thing at play here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
That's quite a story. That's quite a story. It's and you've done this. You you say you've been a single parent the whole time. I mean, that's tough finding time to work and to parent. You know, it seems like the the ideal situation is to have a couple of people raising children so that you can kind of divide labor. You know, there's more more resources to go around, and yeah. uh, that's a that's a particular challenge. I'm glad you're working in that space. You know, and, <laughs> I'm lucky. I have a very supportive family. My parents actually live good. in the same town as me, and my sister lived two towns over until about a year ago. She actually, I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a townhouse. No, this is great. I'm in a townhouse, and she moved in two doors over from me. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! So two stoops down with her two boys. She has twin two year old boys now. So you have a village. You're you're building a little village, right? To raise the child. That's great. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. So what is your, so now, so your daughter now goes to um, a learning center. So it's like, describe that for people because it's, it's not public school, but it's, it's like some version of homeschool, but in like a group setting. Yeah. So Hmm. essentially what it's a very unique, it's a unique place. And essentially what it was is of course, when you go down the rabbit hole of anything, when I was starting to look at, you know, homeschooling and unschooling Facebook groups and what resources were available to me, because I knew that I could not be that traditional homeschool mom that was going to the park dates at 10 AM. And that was organizing all the activities because I had to work. That was the reality. So I just started searching out what options are there? And I happened to stumble upon this amazing location that's about a half an hour from my house. And essentially what it is, is it's the only way I just, and I always say to my daughter, my daughter's Callie, and I would always call it school, but then I never know quite how to call it for people that are not familiar with it because it's not a school. Essentially what it is, is really it's just a drop-off center. So they were ages five to 18, all the kids that get dropped off there are registered homeschool kids. So as my daughter's parent, I'm the one that's responsible for all of the education for her. They don't do anything like that. The only thing that I could kind of resemble it to is like, if you dropped your child off at a play date, you're not going to expect the other parent to do anything. So they have, how it's set up is they have five different staff members that they actually just call staff. They're not teachers. And it's a bizarre, especially as a former teacher, it was like so bizarre for me to see this place because I walked in for the first tour and like one of the staff members was like sitting on the couch, reading a book. Like the other one was out back playing an instrument. The other one was painting. And as a former teacher, I always felt like I had to look like I was on. And even if the children were independently doing their work. I had to like have a clipboard and like walk around and like, yeah. look like I was I don't know, like, I'm, even when they're totally yeah. right. Even when they're totally behaved and self-sufficient, you had yeah. to look like you were earning your spot. Ugh. And here I am walking to this place. and like this the teacher, amazing teacher, salary that they pay teachers. <laughs> right. And now this guy's laying on the couch and like the other one's like working on his own artwork. And there's like 40 to 50 children just like running around, like in the fields and there's a gaga ball pit and like they're doing arts and crafts. And I'm like, what is this place? Yeah. And, but basically that's what it is. And it's, it's just a drop-off center and the purpose of the staff there. And what they'll say is they say, we don't intervene with the children unless there's a safety issue or unless they come to us and they ask for something. So if they were to come and say, Hey, there's a guitar here and you, you know how to play. Could you teach me? Mm. Yeah. But otherwise they're just free to conduct their own day. 
So yeah. it's definitely different. So how, how do they get okay. their work done? Yeah, in that? yeah. Accreditation is where it was the first thing that came to my mind as so a linear since, scientific. Yeah, sort. no, right. And and so many people have this question, especially like friends of mine that are in yeah, the public school realm. Is so they're not a school, so they they're yeah. not an accredited school, so that there's nothing in that sense that they have to do. Mm-hmm. And then from my own perspective with my daughter, it would be the same as if she was staying home. So essentially what I did personally is she's super independent. She's kind of like me in the sense that she, I have to kind of like rein her back sometimes. Internally motivated. Yes. Yes. Which made it easier. Right. Yeah. But essentially all I would do for her is I would just, I gave her like a homework notebook. She would have her math, her science, her reading Monday through Friday. I would send her with that, send her with her work. And I'm like, it's your responsible by Friday to have this, to have this all complete. We're going to check it over on Friday, but it's you. And I was just training right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was super independent. And I always just put it under the perspective of this is homeschooling is a privilege. It's costing me thousands of dollars to send her to the center that as a single mom is not like I had some extra money. And it's costing me a lot of time to organize the the materials for her. So if she wasn't holding up her end of the bargain, she knew it was much easier for me to outsource that to public. That's right. You can go to school any day, sweetie. Yeah, and then I don't have to be the one doing it. And I think she knew that. She knew that. And what was great, though, is that she found her own rhythm, which is really cool. And so some weeks she would come to me and the start of the week, she'd say, Mom, you know what? I'm really looking out for a day off. I'm just going to load up on my work Monday through Thursday. So I can have a, have a chill Friday, she would say. Yeah. And she could organize a structure for a day. She liked to start by reading. So she would take her book out. There was a beautiful tree she would sit under and she'll read her book under the tree and then she'll have her snack and then mm-hmm. maybe come inside. So she really found her own flow, which is nice to that's see. Like, that's like yes. idyllic. You know, there's got to be a unicorn and a couple of elves in the background there, you know. Right? I'm telling you, that's like, great. I think everyone needs to walk into this place because I still laugh when I go there. None of the kids or staff wear shoes good i hate it's so funny to me like yeah. it does not matter dead of winter these children are just like running and like the fields like shoeless and yeah. so i always thought it was so funny I'm like oh my god like these kids like there's like no shoes at this whole place so then i pulled up at the end of this school year pulled up to drop my daughter off and so she gets out and goes two of the staff members it's a husband and wife they pull up in their little Audi. wife gets out of the passenger seat no shoes to start she's not even wearing them to start husband gets out <laughs> no shoes. And now they're walking into work, both of them shoeless. And I'm like, Oh my God. I said to my daughter, Kelly, I'm like, did they ever, I'm like, do they have shoes? And she goes, I don't think that the wife, she goes, I, don't think she, I don't think she even brings them mom. She goes, the husband does. Cause sometimes he gets up on the roof and does some construction stuff, but mm. they really don't wear them. <laughs> I mean, they've proven, like, them. I don't think so. They've proven, especially in in small children, like babies and toddlers, when like people they're learning to walk and establishing like foot health and balance, mm-hmm. it's yeah. detrimental to to the yeah. develop the physical development of the yeah. foot to put your kid in shoes all yeah. the time. Like let them run around barefoot, and yep. it's also it's bad for adults too. Like if yeah. you're not wearing good, solid, spacious, supportive shoes, like we were not meant like my feet are still messed up from my twenties wearing heels. Like I still get so plantar fasciitis, <laughs> right? And, like, I, I have to wear like special shoes now to like, just be comfortable during the day because of what I did in my twenties right. to my feet. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I've yeah, heard no, I just love that. that. Too. 
You know, I've heard runners talk about that. It's better to run barefoot. If only the soles of your feet were as tough as the soles of shoes sometimes, right? You know, once in a while. Well, they have those like barefoot shoes now. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like you each toe has its own nook. And like it's supposed to, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's supposed to have hold your foot in its natural stance, so, and then it feels like you don't have a shoe on, but there's something between you and the ground, so you're not like destroying your feet. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds, so this is a, a learning center. Yeah. This sounds like a really interesting place. Yeah, it's cool, and it's cool that they hire staff. What I loved as well is that they hire staff with a variety of interests and skill sets. So one yeah. of the staff members actually okay. a working a working musician. So he does gigs at night and then comes there and, and is staff during the day. Hmm. So it's cool because he just lives his life as he would if he were home. But yeah. the kids get to experience, oh, he was just out in the field playing guitar. Like that's kind of cool. Like do you want to show me how to do that? Yeah. And what I loved as well and didn't realize it prior to sending her, but you know, as she's been there a couple of years now, is that there's so much teaching that goes on between the older kids and the younger kids. Yeah. So sure. she, we have this little like keyboard at home. And so she, I came in the other day and she's playing this song. Like I have never sent this child to piano lessons. I have never done anything like this. She's playing the song and I'm like, Oh my gosh, baby. Like, how did you learn how to play piano? And she goes, one of the 16 year old kids was playing and I asked if she could show me and we spent the day learning piano. This and really is cool. a community. It really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the only rule too, which is great because we talk about, you know, public school, she had all the rules. The only rule there is essentially don't do things that are going to be harmful or hurtful to other students. And yeah. outside of that, there's not really rules. Yeah. And, and I love what's like, yeah. Sorry, that that rule and the the one that you said initially where you said that they don't intervene unless there's a safety issue or the kids ask mm-hmm. for help with something. Yeah. That like I'm going to quote you on on that. Like that's going to be one of the, the snippets that I pull out of this episode because that's such a foundational parenting thing that I try to teach people is kids really don't need us that much. They need us to keep them safe yeah. and they, and maybe teach morality and kindness and empathy, but more than anything, they just need us to model it. If we are kind and empathetic towards our children, they will learn that's how you treat people that the way I'm being treated is how I'm going to treat people. And so it's less about instilling and teaching and it's more about just being and embodying what you want your children to be and embody and then watch them literally just magically be that thing and then let them explore like public school steals um, like I, I understand that it's it's a it's a necessary thing for a lot of people, and it's a great thing for a lot if of people. If you're going to get organized about it, yeah. But the way the structure of our education system right now steals the way steals childhood. It steals the natural way yeah. that children learn, the natural way that children um, engage with one another, especially at different age levels and like the benefits of kids, you know, an eight-year-old talking to a 16-year-old all day. Um, and 16-year-olds learning like how to educate someone or teach, like imparting wisdom. It's a little tribe. It's like a little tribe. It's really, it's really a cool model 
you know, is yeah. just, you, you teach a 16-year-old and then they teach six, eight-year-olds, you know, before they yes. move on. And it's and so, it's funny it's too. so right. Yeah. And people would, you know, I have parents, so she did go to kindergarten and first grade. So she still has a lot of town friends that are still public school. And when I was telling them about this center, that was one of the big concerns that they had. They said, aren't you fearful? That school is age five to 18. She's going to be intermixing all day with teenagers and she's eight. And so of course there's this little fear, like, oh, she's probably going to get exposed to some language earlier than I would like, or some topics earlier than I like. But for the most part, because this is how they've all grown up, there was no bullying at all. There was no bullying. A lot of the older kids took the younger kids under their wing. Yep. It was just, and I think too, it was on, um, acres and acres of forest. So it's a beautiful campus. They have a couple rooms mm-hmm. in like this schoolhouse looking thing, but otherwise it's just acres wow. of forest. So if there's a conflict with another kid, you're not stuck in a classroom with them for the next, the rest of the day and every day to come. You yeah. have acres of land to go play on. If, if this kid's bugging you, you just get away. Yes. There's enough and kids. I, it's a good yeah. size. It's a good sized group. It's not 10 kids no, where, right. and you're not stuck with them. It's like, you can go hang out with somebody else. And if everybody, and there's rules, yeah. if there is some kind, if there's an understanding, it would, it's kind of building a culture. The people yeah. running oh, the 100%. center kind of have to build a culture with the kids so that there's yeah. generally somebody right there to intervene. If somebody gets ignorant or, you know, to, right. To, right. To and they didn't they had weekly talk. meetings. So like their weekly Monday meetings, they would bring up any areas of concern that any of the students have. So it was kind of like a public forum sort of thing where they could voice some issues that they were having. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, what great preparation for being out in the world around other people, how to deal with other Mm -hmm. people, how to, how not to treat other people. Golly, that's true. We still get that question of, is your kid socialized? How are you going to socialize them? I'm like, oh, yeah. my kid's socialization <laughs> yeah. is more realistic than yours. Like, this is a right. more real world He's setting. Not of adults. Yeah, oh or older God, kids, or like, there's such a hierarchy with age um, that is instilled in us in public school and being in a grade, and I'm older than you, or this, you know, yes. like you're only around kids your age. It's like the the intermingling of different age groups and, and different interests being exposed to a professional musician and not just teachers who all went to school for essentially the same things. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's such a artificial. more real world, real world setup. Imposed, yeah. artificial, you know, the, you know, I, suddenly I'm, I'm real curious about this. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to learn up on it. I found as a high school teacher, it was a funny story of one of the first kind of introduction to all of this too. And prior to homeschooling my daughter, now I knew nobody that homeschooled and to the point that I'm like such a weirdo, but like I would, I joined all like the Facebook groups, like homeschooling groups to try to like, just watch from the sidelines. Yeah. And I would show up for like, they'd be like, Oh, we're doing a park day. Like during the summer at 10 AM, I would like bring my daughter and like, we would just like play at the park and like watch these like homeschool families, like, Oh, like, sure. sit, cause it was so Check foreign. It was Check so foreign and to me. And so we did that. And I was but still good for you. With, like, hell yeah. There's a lot like, of people who, research. if, if no one in their circle was a homeschool advocate, they would be like, no, that's weird. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good for and you. so that was the extent it was just kind of spying on these other families at the park. Yeah. But then, <laughs> so you gotta watch first. You gotta be like, oh, is this like, this. like, are they normal? Like, are these kids really weird? Yeah. They were a little right. bit, my daughter's a big weirdo too. So it's totally fine. Um, 
but but the the big exposure came was as I was teaching high school. I ended up halfway through one of my teaching years, I got two high school students placed in my health class, both of which had been unschooled. So kind of difference, just I don't know how familiar your audience is with like homeschooling and unschooling, but essentially homeschooling is more curriculum driven. Unschooling is really, there's a wide range of what unschooling can be, but mm-hmm. it can range. Yeah. So it's very, there's like radical unschooling, which is like, I'm not a huge fan of, but like it's out there. <laughs> and then there's, there's, everybody, <laughs> there's something radical unschooling. There's something for everyone, but essentially, so unschooling is less curriculum driven and it's more yeah. student led. So yeah. their parents are not explicitly teaching reading necessarily, not explicitly teaching math mm-hmm. or science but they perhaps might choose to like strew items around the house or if they're baking say, Oh, come on over and join me. But it's more letting the kids learn through life versus having any structured curriculum. So the two kids that got plunked in my health class, both of which had never been to public school before. Now they're 16, 17 years old, have no experience with public school, have no history of like being curriculum led. And now they're plunked in my class. And I'm like, fun. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? These two boys, it was two brothers, were the most impressive students I had ever come no across kidding. in my eight-year no career. Kidding. Wow. And the thing that stood out to me most was that by the time most high school kids get to 16 and 17, there's, of course, a rare few that would still talk to me, but a lot of them are like, you're the teacher, <laughs> yep. and like, just no eye contact. The second the bell rang, they were out the door. They, they wanted nothing to do with me as their yeah. teacher. No, you know, a couple, think. but really just like I was the teacher, they were the students. It's different. These kids for the, from the first day that they were in my classroom, would the bell would ring. They would stay after they would have conversations with me. They were making eye contact. They were super personable. And I'm like, Oh my God, these very kids poised, are just different. So yeah. we had the parent mm-hmm. night and their mom came in and she said, Oh, I'm so-and-so, you know, my two boys are in your class. And I probably like jumped right on this woman. I'm like, Oh my God, oh my God. Like I've been thinking about homeschooling my own daughter. And like, I have so many questions. And, and she's very like, nice to meet you. And I'm like, okay, like, after, I'm like <laughs> we're now best Hi. friends. Um, I'm Amy. Right? right. I don't even think I said my name. Um, <laughs> like lots of questions for you. So I said, after this parent night's over, I said, would you be open for me to me sending you an email and meeting for coffee at some point? I'm really looking to homeschool my daughter and I just don't know where to begin. So we, now we're like such good friends, but right. you don't know that yet, but we're about to be besties. <laughs> Pretty much. I said that. And I'm like, your kids are so impressive, so impressive. And you know, we ended up getting talking about what she did. And that's when I had first learned about unschooling and kind of her philosophy and that philosophy of unschooling. It was really cool. And watching those kids for the next couple of years in their high school career was interesting too, in that they were both brilliant. One of them loves reading the other one's super strong in math, but the one particularly that was strong in math would get in trouble all the time and get low marks because he wasn't showing his work. And now mm-hmm. since his mom and I are friends, we would chat about this and he's getting C's and D's and she goes, he's brilliant in math and he does it all in his head and writes yeah. it down. Yeah. And when I asked her about that, she goes, yeah, because our math was always in the car. She goes, I would shoot a math problem out to him in the car as I was driving. He would figure it out, work it out, you know, see it in his mind, work it out and say the answer. So he just wasn't wow. trained in how to explicitly mm-hmm. show the steps that were going on. Yeah. And because of that was 
getting the answers right all the time, but receiving low marks. He, well, he was having I to hated learn showing my work. The structure and the curriculum. Yeah, yeah. 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 My brain That's worked faster skill. than my pencil could write. And so showing my work slowed me down from like, I would lose the yes. answer because I would do it so fast in my head, especially like trigonometry. I could flip flop mm-hmm. the numbers and the X's and the things and be like, and like get an answer in my head. And then I had to go back on tests and then write out, like I would go through and answer everything. And then I would go back through and write out the work that we had to show. Because if I did it while I was going through it, it literally slowed me down and messed me up. It's right. like it's like writing a police report. Well, first the lady came around the corner, and then the other car came from this direction yeah. at this speed. Yeah. And yeah, it's no fun trying to recreate the math. What you already know, and what yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it was there was a lot of exposures like that, and again, once the timing was right, thankfully I was all the pieces were in place. I was able to pull her, and then we've been homeschooling since then. Well, and so, and with that transition of, of you, you, did you got, did you pull your daughter out at the same time that you left teaching to start your businesses? So you continued teaching. Yes, that was painful. So you pulled her um, out and then how long did it take re- for you rebel. to be like, yeah. I'm leaving this space. This isn't for me. Right. Yeah, that was hard. That was hard. And I actually was trying to it was almost a little bit of hiding parts of myself because how do I show up every single day in this profession as a teacher when I really don't agree with the direction that things are are going to the point that I pulled my own kid out. Right. My kid doesn't go here. Yeah. Completely rejecting everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to raise eyebrows. Yeah. So I kind of was a couple of people within my department knew I homeschooled and you know, my direct uh, (laughs) overhead boss knew, but Again, I was a single mom. I couldn't quit my job. Yeah. So yeah. now it's like, okay, so I would joke with her. I'm like, baby, I'm like, I freed you. I'm like, now I just got to free myself. <laughs> so right. I, oh, I set you free so and now I got to work on it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, so powerful. And it was, again, it was just, I put the intention out there and I said, you know what? I'm going to work on getting myself out as soon as I can, but it's not possible yet. So it was about another two and a half years before I was able to leave and start my own business. Yeah. But yeah. That's still yeah. pretty quick. Well done. Well, so yeah. how did you, so <laughs> you left, it. you left nice, to be a done. full-time, you started with fitness, right? Fitness for, mm-hmm. did you start with fitness for moms specifically? Um, or did you just leave to yeah. be a full-time oh. trainer? Um, so I worked. And what about dance? There's enough in this world for you guys. The honest answer is when I first started my business, I would take anyone that right. wanted a trainer because right. I needed. If a you will pay me, so, I will train you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And and as a trainer, we're skilled to train any age, any gender, of course. But once I started developing my own business, then it's when I started really being able to niche down a little bit and not only being able to select who I wanted to work with, but I was finding that the more I was putting content out there, the more I was attracting my ideal clients anyways, mm-hmm. because yeah. they saw themselves in me. I was also juggling yeah. career and child and having to you know, go through all that. So I think you pull those people in. There's, yep. you get that, that's the non-tangibles we were talking yes. about before, yes. right? The non-scientific yeah. stuff going on. Well, and so much of so much of personal training, like hairdressing or anything, 
is yes, it's the skill of fitness, but it's also the rapport. And, and I would find I would have these, you know, guys, guys come in as clients and I'm like, how how is that sports team doing? Yeah. Cars. That's right. How's your car running? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like an idiot. Like I don't even know like what to talk about. Whereas with the moms, like it was so easy because I'm like, oh my God, your kid was sick last night. Okay. Well, what else happened? You know, how much did you do before 10 a.m.? Okay. Me too. So it was just an easier Like when you have things in common, you're able to see where that person is coming from and you can serve them so much better in their training as well. Like, and you meet, you not only are meeting physical needs, but mental and emotional support as well. And training is fucking mentally difficult. Like you, a lot of emotions come up when you're doing hard work, like physical work. And so of course mm-hmm. you want to work with people where you can relate and have empathy and be like, my kid has yeah. been sick yeah. too. And like, let's be yeah. in this together. Um, yeah. when we, we've talked before this, um, about, I want to, I want to spotlight your, your philosophy of, because I think this is another thing that drew the, the draws the right people to you, draws the right clients to you is specifically that your goal was, is to, was to help moms and women, um, and you being a single mom from the start, knowing exactly how hard it is, um, exactly how time consuming it is, exactly how, like what a juggling act it can be to try and balance, like being a mom and being an entrepreneur, like you, you knew for you that your physical workout time was a level of self-care, physical care that helped you show up as a mom or as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. healthier and more capable of, of playing all of those roles with that foundation under you. Um, and yeah. I feel like that has served as well, like has served the people that you, that you work with. Yeah. That and of course philosophy. I have not always been perfect. No, nobody's perfect. But on the times that I was doing it, I, yeah. you're a better parent. And yeah. I think I, I was lucky in that yeah. I grew up with fitness and from a yeah. very early age, you know, my dad was coaching our sports and he was enrolling yeah. us in road races. So it's always been something that has been weaved throughout my life. And it's always been something that I knew I could go to yeah. when things were hard. And it was a stress reliever more than anything else. Hmm. But what I find is interesting is now training women that that was not their upbringing and actually yeah. convincing them, I know that it seems like everything in your life is blowing up and you have not a second of time, but this extra thing that's going to take more time is going to still be super helpful. Yeah. 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 We talk about that uh, in other, in other, well, other podcasts, other situations yeah. too, where I saw a thing the other day where, or a guy, a person was talking about fitness saying, well, you know, there's, 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 um, uh, heart attacks and high blood pressure and their health problems. But on the average, a person who exercises is going to outlive a person who does not exercise and stay active, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that there's the, and, and making that part of your makeup is just better all around. And we're always talking yeah. about parent heal thyself. You know, you can't pass along things you have not learned yourself. So anything that promotes yourself being a more, uh, a more whole person is not selfish. It's, making you a better teacher, a better role model for your kids. And yeah. 
Yeah. They watch what enjoy, we do. They watch and I enjoyed your explanation about men, too. That's the best explanation I've ever heard it was about just like why subtle. guys don't go to girls' exercise classes. They just don't fit. Would, wouldn't it be great if you could teach the guys to talk like that? Yes. You know, share and, Maybe and quit talking things. And yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, ooh, there you go. Make it a meat market. Then, right. no, no, there'd be some advantage if you could get guys. Maybe I should start too. training guys. There you go. You'll find one. But it, would, it wouldn't be the physical, it wouldn't be the exercise thing, though. It would be the social, the socialization yeah. part. Yeah, I think we'll the keep training. them separate. I think it's a better idea. Yeah, that might be a better room. Yeah. <laughs> But the but that that physical foundation too is is like in our I don't think I've mentioned the pyramid in a really long time but I have the relational parenting the really let's see relational developmental period pyramid that I created mm-hmm. and at the bottom you need to is get it you. I know I need to or I'll need, need to a graphic or something yeah get a graphic up on the screen um, of physical needs being the foundation of our human existence. Right. And we can't really Mm -hmm. do anything um, else well, unless our physical needs have been met. And so like I teach parents that when your child is born, their primary needs are physical, right? They need to eat, they need to sleep, they need to be cleaned up. They need like, and they need to be held and touched and um, feel secure and safe and all of those things. Um, and then we can move up into the the mental and emotional wellness, the cognitive, the social, all of those things. Um, but if our physical needs aren't met, and even toddlers, I mean, you see this in toddlers, you see this in yourself. If you get hangry, yeah. you're not your best self. Like for yeah. most people, some kind of workout, physical movement, physical fitness, taking a walk, it like nature meeting our physical needs, making sure we're well nourished, all of those things, that is the foundation of our well-being. And then mm-hmm. you become a you know better a men, excuse me, better mentally, um, more healthy emotionally, able to regulate your nervous system, etc. and then and then you can give those things to your children. Then you can offer yeah. co-regulation. Oh, my to- my toddlers freaking out and screaming. Okay, well, I'm regulated, mm-hmm. so now I can help regulate them. But if you're not regulated, if you're not taking care of yourself, when chaos occurs in your environment, you're going to lose it too. And you're just going to feed into and make everything yeah. worse. Yeah. So like parenting requires you to be able to like take care of yourself, establish that physical foundation, um, that health, that mental and emotional health to stand on, to parent from. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's such a huge support for the women that you work with. If they happen to be moms as well, like to, to not only encourage that piece of it, um, and, and whatnot, but it's also like, it's a form of like, you, it's like you, like you deserve this too. You deserve to take care of yourself, yeah. not and just be taking care objection. of everybody I'm gonna else. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. There's the guilt and I'm sure it's people now is I'm not saying something that's new here is there's a guilt among a lot of moms for taking time out for themselves or spending money on themselves. Yes. Investing in themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yep. The whole thing. And they're like, well, I shouldn't, I should really just be paying attention to my kid. Your kid's going to like you a whole lot better is if you take care of yourself, your kid doesn't want you cranky three hours when they can have you two hours, but good. And they're going to learn that too. If they learn, if they see you, 
especially if I would think if they see the transition between yes. mom used to not be so so regulated. Mm-hmm. I love that word regulated. Yeah, that if your kid notices that transition from from unregulated mm-hmm. to regulated and why, then that's you know, hey, you've just you've just taught your kid something important. Yeah, and then doing it every day after that, it's you know, it's it's good to have the moment. But then it's yeah. the day to day. Okay, Staying let's keep habits, this going. Yes. That's the real challenge, a lot. Of yeah, and yeah. I think that that comes and that comes for a lot of people. Of course, people start. Uh, you know, most people start with me in a personal training capacity from wanting to change something about themselves physically. You know, I want to yeah. gain muscle. I want to lose mm-hmm. weight. I want whatever it might be. Yeah. But the people that stick long term are the people that understand and see that it's that is such the surface level of it. That's yeah. really yeah. not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. And once you get that, I think that's when you become a lifetime. You get so you person. miss it. Yes. You get so you miss yeah. it. Yes. That, uh, when you when you you, you just make, you have to make yourself at least for me. You have to make yourself do it for a while, and yeah. then you, if you do, if you hang in long enough, however long it takes you to make it a habit. Yeah. And if you hang in yeah. long enough, then all of a sudden it's like, oh God, yeah, I, I need to go for a run, you know. Or yeah. And how do you make it enjoy? And that's the big question too. How do you make it enjoyable? Is what I would always encourage people yeah. is. If it's painful from the start, if you are going way above where you should from the start, nobody wants to put themselves through pain. So how do we find those things that you enjoy now and then build upon them so that it becomes something that is is a lifelong habit for you? Yeah. 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 I miss karate. I got to get, I got to. Do it. I've been a I've been a dumpster for a while. I need to go back to doing something like that. You hate, you hate going, you hate going for a while. And we noticed that in the car, riding back and forth. We, the kids and I, all did karate together. Jenny and I. We, it's, it's like uh, we were always grumbling on the way there, you know. But we were all like, okay, we did it, you know. Yay, we accomplished something on the way home. Yeah, yeah, and you feel you know? good. Yeah, it's, it's also like physical health is like that's just one way that it feeds your mental health. Is like you feel accomplished. You feel like you're like, Oh, I did the hard thing. Like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. Like I didn't, it wasn't like, Oh, this is going to be enjoyable, but not everything in life is enjoyable. So if yeah. you can force yourself to train through something that's not particularly your favorite thing, but you know that on the other side of it, it's going to be amazing. You're going to yeah. feel so much better then you're able to navigate your life and with that mindset as well. And yeah. like when hard things happen in life, it's like, well, I don't necessarily want to address this, but I know that on the other side of it, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to yeah. be, I'm going to be yeah. so much better or my kid is going to be so much better or, you know, whatever. And it literally makes like you live in your head, your entire life. Like all you have is this. Mm-hmm. Right. Your environment (laughs) is your environment. You don't know what's going to happen out here, but what you have is this to live with for the rest of your life. And if this is miserable every single day, no matter what amazingness is going on in your environment, you're not going to enjoy it. Not to its fullest, fullest capacity or as often as you could be because you you're pissed off here or you're sad or you feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that affects everything. Yeah, rewarding is the is the word I use. You know, it's not fun. You know, go doing going right. and beating on each other at karate and, and hard <laughs> physical exercise. It's not exactly fun, but it's rewarding. Is is what keeps you coming back? Is yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, the ability to go. Yeah, okay, I can get over the hump of having to take the time and and yeah. make the make the mm-hmm. arrangements and or the expense or whatever is the obstacle. 
And it's, yeah, but I, I'm glad I do it and I keep doing it. You know, there has the to be ROI, the return on investment yeah. is what there matters. You there you go. Yeah. Speaking there like a business go. owner. Okay. There you go. Speaking of which, hey. I didn't even mean to do that, but you, so you started originally as an entrepreneur, as a personal trainer, and you have now transitioned, um, kind of naturally because through people seeking your advice into a digital entrepreneurship coach. Yes. Yeah. So that was, it was, yeah. So very much true. I have been personal training. Like I said, I got first got certified in 2011. So when I was doing it, when my daughter was little, little did that jumped into teaching for a good chunk, been back personal training for the last couple of years, running my own business. And I have known for again, as long as I can remember that I really, really, really want to have a fully remote business. And yeah. I love traveling. My daughter loves traveling. Uh, we just got back actually in May from Costa Rica. That was our last little trip, Oh, cool! Nice. but beautiful. And I'm like, I want a job that I can work from anywhere. Like it's yeah. something that's so, it's just always been a calling of mine. And especially since she doesn't have a traditional school schedule. So yeah. we don't have to have two weeks off here to like, we can vacation whenever we whenever want. We could go for a month if we felt like it and live Any, somewhere because. Anywhere yeah, with decent internet. Yeah. Which like right? there's so many and, places and now. Ubiquitous. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of over the last year, I've really been having this pull of, you know, I, her schedule is not holding us back. Her curriculum can be done from anywhere. Yeah. I'm the one, again, I'm the one wow. in my career now that's holding yeah. back the opportunities yeah. for us. Yeah. So again, just like when she was younger, just like when I knew that I wanted to homeschool, I said, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to put the intention out there. I'm going to start putting pieces in place to make this happen with the goal of 2024. And I've had this for the whole year. The goal is to start 2024 fully digital. Right. Mm -hmm. So nothing more in person. So I said, okay, so now I need to just start thinking that's the end goal. How do I backtrack? So I have invested in business courses and I've taken a lot of business courses over my life, but really doubled down on them lately. And specifically looking at how to take what I was doing, personal training and make it digital. Okay. There's certainly a lot. And I've, you know, looked at other companies that are doing this. There's certainly a lot of people that are doing fitness in the online space, there's also a lot of objections. So a lot of people, especially people mm. that I've talked to, they said, that, yeah, that's great, but I'm nervous that I'm not doing it right. Or I just want to actually have you there, or I won't show up at the gym if I don't have an appointment with you. Sometimes so it's great. the, yeah, it's the people, you know, like you said, with the, it's the yeah. reinforcement of the people. Yeah. Right. So there's been a lot of like, so there's been a lot of like stuff that's making it tough. And but I've continued to say, okay, well, I know that this is the direction that I'm looking to go. Let me just keep putting the pieces in place. But mm -hmm. the thing, again, we talked about at the beginning of this conversation is there's a knowing that's inside yeah. you. And what I have found happening over the last six months, as I've been transitioning to digital is it's almost feeling like as I'm building out those systems, as I'm building out those frameworks, it's like I'm putting one foot on the gas while simultaneously having the other foot on the brake. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been this like, and, and like in my head, I'm going, well, this is what I went to school for. This is what I'm trained in. This is all of the things that my skill set is. Of course, this is what my digital business is going to be. It's going to be in fitness. This is what I do. Yeah. But there's just this, and the only way I can describe it, just this feeling of like, nope, that's not it. Yeah. And I was trying to ignore it, I guess, a little bit because, you know, I don't know, logic, I guess we're trying to just say, this is what I do. 
and was just kind of forcing it forward. And then over the last month or so, I had four people now reach out to me and say, I've kind of been watching you from the sidelines, growing your own business. And <laughs> like I'm sorry, you did. Right. I'm like, look at <laughs> creeping on me now. <laughs> so people, well, that's a, you know, what side story and I'll finish the story, but side story is we don't know always who's watching us, which is people interesting. You might think that we're yeah. putting, especially with this content, with the podcast, you're thinking, oh my gosh, like nobody's, you know, liking or commenting or whatever gets in our yeah. own head. There are people watching and taking it in. Yes. And yeah. so that lesson, and we would like for those people to month. be more brave, please. And share the show. No, I'm going to hit the like button. They're going right. to convince themselves they're doing research. I'm teasing. We know you guys I'm a are watcher. You know I'm you guys a watcher. Are watching us right now. Oh yeah. God. I just jumped right in. Um, but so <laughs> these, so over the last, you know, two years that I've been growing this, over the last month or so, I've had four people individually separate, you know, not connected in any way, reach out to me and say, hey, like I've been watching you grow your own business and it seems like you're doing really well. I'm looking to start my own business too. Would you mind just jumping on a call with me? Can I just pick your brain on a few things? Like I don't yeah. even know where to start. Yeah. So now this happened the first time and I'm like, oh my God, of course. Like, yeah, let me just figure it out. We'll schedule it in. I jumped on a call. At the end of that call, I'm like, oh my gosh, that felt amazing. And the girl that I was speaking to on that call at the end of the call was like, Oh my gosh, Amy, like, thank you so much. I feel like I have so much clarity in where I'm going. I feel like I was super stuck before, but now I have like a plan of action going forward. What can I do? How can I, you know, repay you for this? And me now this is, I'm not thinking this is my business. It was not even crossing my mind. I'm like, the repayment is go out and be successful. Like I'm doing this just because it's something that's made a difference in my life. If I can share it. Wonderful. Right. That happened again. Next call. Can I pick your brain? Sure. Okay. Have a call. Oh my God. That was amazing. Like how could it? So now four times this has happened to you. And I, t- I'm not t- such a quick learner, I guess this is the point of the story. <laughs> After four times, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, this is the thing. You're yeah. not being very businessy. Right? So, right. So me and I'm like, Oh my gosh, thinking I'm just like, just random. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't think it crossed my mind because as much as I have the learned experience of growing my own business, as much as I've taken my share of business courses, I think in my own head, I was like, yeah, but I'm a personal trainer. Yeah. yeah. But I'm trained in education. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go to business school. Yeah. Yeah. But you I've grown did. my own business. Right. But you've done it. Right. So I think it just never, it never crossed my mind until I had that number of people reach out to me and say, yeah, can you help me with this? Yeah. And the help was successful that it made me go, oh, this was the Uh, missing piece. So the uh whole time I'm pumping the gas and the other foot was the brake was because I was going down a path that I was not meant to be on. And so I still have one-to-one in-person clients and I'll still keep that for the ones that are truly aligned with, you know, my values and what their Mm -hmm. goals are, but Mm -hmm. absolutely starting to now open up that channel for digital entrepreneurship in order to be a coach or to be a mentor to people that are looking to grow their own business as well. Yeah. yeah. Monetize being a mentor. Cause that, that's what it is. It's the, Oh, uh, there's an old joke about a uh, guy with an old engine that wouldn't start. And they brought back the old mechanic and, and he found, he had a little hammer up here. He went over and he hit, he hits the engine in just the right place, you know, and get, and gets it started. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And sends him a bill for like $10,000. It's like, no, it's not the hammer blow you paid me for. It's knowing where to hit the engine. It's the 30 years of experience. Yeah. 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 That I knew the one spot to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know what happens when you start putting things in place, you know? So look, 
look forward to i gotta i'm gonna watch it I'm gonna you subscribe to your stuff and uh yeah you know may need that service because that i'm finding that to be true too is is you think of yourself in channels or in lanes you know and yeah. i think mm-hmm. the school thing we were talking about that's kind of you know you're going to go be a factory worker our school system is kind of arranged towards reproducing uh uh uh, reproducible parts you know it's the uh uh, and in the kind of learning center that your daughter's going to is like hey you know what do i want to do next it teaches you to be a lot more flexible i think right and And that you're not one thing yeah i think yeah yeah right all of us are multifaceted and, and that's beautiful too is all of the people at that center they teach skill sets not that they necessarily had huge you know education on but they exactly. have life education on and they have skills that are transferable to these kids yeah. which is so cool yeah yes. education education is great but boy if you're a musician you know if you can pick up a guitar or a piano i guess you can't pick up a piano but if you can pick up a musical <laughs> instrument if they see and, me for uh, personal training piano i might be able to yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right plug for that business hey. that's a great right. i'll make that for the guy you can pick right. up pianos and he's like, well i can pick up a piano i, I know most people can't pick up pianos <laughs> With proper form and 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 a few weeks of training, you could do it. You, you can do it. You too can pick up a piano. <laughs> oh my god, that's your next reel is you lifting a piano. That's, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yep, so definitely. Funny. It would be a good little animation in a in a, in a digital space yeah. or something like that. Some mm-hmm. little, some little girl picking up, you know, eight year old girl picking up a piano. Or at least one end of a piano. There you go. Right. Um, this has been really enlightening. Yeah, this is I good. I've, I don't know if we entertained anybody else, but I've had a lot of fun. It's been good <laughs> to meet you, Amy. Right. Thank we you. Kind of show Thank up you. To enter, <laughs> entertain ourselves and then hope hope other people find things entertaining. They want to join the party. No. Well, if we don't We're, like it, there I think there's zero chance anybody else will like it. If at least yeah. we like it, then at least you know there, there, there at least two it. people liked it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and hopefully in reality, we want parents to be able to have access to, to con to content that is tangible and can be used at home to ideas and philosophies that maybe they've never been introduced to and want to think about, um, or start exploring. And then to also hear real conversations with real parents who are navigating the world, um, and there, you know, there are homeschooling parents, there are unschooling parents, there are public school parents, there are private school parents, there are like, and there's a million different facets to being human, to being a parent, to how, you know, what you learned and what you experienced growing up and, and, you know, what parts of that you want to take and keep and what parts of that you want to undo and do differently mm-hmm. with your kids. And mm-hmm. hopefully like we're inspiring people to choose their path intentionally um to what was the word the phrasing you used amy um by design yeah by and design. that was kind of what you're yeah yes and that's yeah. that's a, the conversation that we had prior to hitting record too is like so much of the picture and it's so much of i think what drives me and it's living in alignment so the phrase that i always use is that mm-hmm. we're creating a life by design not mm-hmm. by default. And yes. we had chatted and I shared that story with you guys too, about how it's so easy to fall away from that life of design 
And before you realize that you, you think you're living your life by design, but you end up at a place that was so different from where you thought you were going to be. And it happens slowly. And that's the scary part. So a lot of the work that I do with women, whether it's personal training or now through business coaching is figuring out what does your life by design look like? Yeah. And how can we get you there for all of you? If your audience, if your audience members, if we have former teachers in here or current teachers, <laughs> and that's right. So they'll get this one. It's what I wasn't doing in my own life over the last two years of my business was formative evaluation. So within yeah, the education space, right? So we know within the education space, there's a summative evaluation. We're checking things out at the end. That's going to be our big test. That's our unit test. But are we performing those formative evaluations along the way to okay. see Yes, we have this goal that we're looking to achieve, but are we actually on track and how are we checking it? Yeah. And that was where where that story that I shared with you guys came up was that I wasn't doing that. I had the goal in mind of, I want to build this business so that I can have location freedom, so that I can have financial freedom, so that all of these things can be put in place. And in my head, that was because yes, I want that, but I also wanted that for my daughter. And I think a lot of that, which is a deeper conversation, maybe for another time, is that as a single mom from the start, not only did I not know anyone that homeschooled, I didn't know anyone else that was a single parent. So I became a single parent very unexpectedly and went, oh my God, so now I'm pregnant with my daughter and I knew I was going to be a single parent. And so of course, like, like everybody, I'm like, start Googling, which is like the worst thing to do when you have a problem, like get off Google. (laughs) So I was like Googling single parent and like, they're like, your kid's going to be doomed. Like you're going to be on assistance and their kids are going to be, you have all these issues. And now that was my only perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, part of, I think was my motivation for sure is that making sure that I and she are not a statistic of all of those things and proving to yeah. her that, you know what? Yeah. We've been just the two of us from the beginning, but Making we can it do it. Yeah. And I think again, that's where that formative piece in that story that I shared with you guys comes in place where it's, I hustled, you know, I think yeah. like any of us, when we start a business, I hustled it's and right. we yeah. had chatted about, you know, for like, like a year straight, it was like head down on the computer working yeah. super hard. And what we had chatted about was that moment for me that came up where my daughter came over. And so this is like, again, just reveal how deep in like the hustle mode I got into and what Mm -hmm. I hope your audience learns from my lesson and doesn't do themselves. Well, she came over to me and she said, mom, can we play? And now I'm busting my butt to create this business for her and for us to give us this life that we're looking for. And she came over and she said, can we play? Yeah. And I, and this is a Monday, Monday afternoon. I said, oh my God, yeah, like, great. We will open up my Google calendar search through like disgustingly jam-packed schedule that pretty much didn't leave me like a minute to pee or eat. And I'm like, looking, looking. And I'm like, okay, it looks like Thursday at three. So without a thought being given to it, I turned to her and I said, okay, Thursday at three o'clock. How's that sound? Like we'll, we'll play Legos then. And she sweet, sweet kid goes, okay, mom. And turned and walked away and seeing the back. Yes. Seeing the back of that beautiful child's head walking away. I felt like Mike Tyson just came into my house and just sucker punched me in the gut. And there's, I think kids just, they make you have these wake up calls. And I said, Oh my God, in the, with the intention of creating something for her, I just created a life that was not by design that for sure was yeah. by default because I wasn't doing those checking, checking in points that I encourage my clients to do now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is I wasn't checking in and I got to a point that my life looked very different from what my intention was. Yeah. And it took that moment for me to realize that. And at that point, you know, we had discussed, that was when I said, I don't even care. Like every bit of work and wait, I shut my computer. I walked over to her and I said, you know what, baby, like I just found out I have some time right now. Why don't we play? Yeah. And yeah. it was in that moment, kneeling on the floor with her playing Legos that I made a promise to myself and I made a promise to her in my head. It, it's going to be different. It can't be that way. We have to be able to build a business without it looking like that. Yeah. You know, that's a really so beautiful many... parenting moment. Yeah. They wake you, know, you up, those kids. They have a funny they do. way of just they making do. you realize all the things. Don't they? There, there are hundreds of people who would well, have had that yeah. exact same moment, yeah. and they would have left the penciling in. They might have felt a pang of guilt, but been like, "Well, that's yeah. just how it is right now," and kept going. Yeah. Versus yeah. like checking the hustle, checking like, like yes, you have to hustle to build a business. Yes, it takes grunt work. Yes, it takes time away. Yeah. But for you to have children and to hmm. pencil them in three days later for playtime. Yeah. Learning, like, learning yeah. experience. Yeah. That's not balance. That's not yeah. healthy. That's not. And like, yes, you might spend yeah. time building something and it will take, you will have to devote more time to that thing. Um, but it shouldn't be a hundred percent ever. It shouldn't be so much of your time that you're abandoning your relationships, like your relationships yeah. are what make it's life worth living. Right? It's boundaries, which yeah. are tough for people, of course, but they're so essential. Yeah. You've got yeah. to have because that to-do check. List, we all know. Yeah. The to-do list never It'll ends. take over what, your life. Whether you're a parent. Yeah. Whether you're an entrepreneur, we think, and I think that was my mentality too. And I'm sure, you know, others have felt this way too, is I think I was coming at it with the idea that if I just keep hustling fast enough, yeah. I'm going to eventually get to the end of the to-do list yeah. And then have time. Which you won't. Someday. But as quick, no as, we, as quick as we check them off, yeah. the more things come on. So if yep. we're not planning that, that, that break time in there, it's not going to happen. Yes. It's yes. tough. It's tough. And that's the, that's the essential skill. I mean, we start off with good first principles, you know, work hard, yeah. be really organized. You were executing, 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 you know, okay, this is great. You know, until, until something comes in from left field that, might be a higher principle that you might be ignoring. Yeah. It's like, well, nobody's going to die if I don't go play Legos for a couple hours you right. know, or right. however long it takes to yeah. you know, minister to my daughter, to parent my daughter, mm -hmm. my child. And it's, it's a struggle. We know that that's uh, we all get off track and it's good to watch videos like this. If nothing else, just to remember, you know, remind ourselves it's okay to have a moment. And, go play with you know, your kids. Everyone listening right go now, play go play with, with your kids. kids. Right. And, and they're only that little for so long. And yeah. that's the yeah. thing. It's like work will always be there. Yeah. The to-do list will high... always be there. Yeah. Yeah. They're not always yeah. going to be little. Your Growth kids' memory. Comes, you only it's have... also good to get into those. It's good to get in those situations because growth comes from pain. It's all these yeah. moments are right. always like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that kind of moments, you know. So, but yeah. then it sticks yeah. and you, and you're and like, I, yeah, and, yeah. It and you're yeah. like, Oh, this is, this has to change. That's Done. what makes it stick. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. about, about a year ago actually is when that happened. And to that day, I will tell you, I have a hard stop every single day. And I actually set an alarm on my phone that has this like beautiful little ch chiming noise alarm <laughs> that goes off every single day, which is my 15 minute wrap up, close out, make my little to-do list mm. for the next day, close out, shut everything down because that's, it needed to be that yeah. clear for me 
Otherwise, with my own person, I would just keep going. Yep, yeah, time, time. You have to time box. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same the way. I'll just keep going to bedtime. Time, right? <laughs> if I get yeah. hyper focused, yeah, and then you wake up and you start it again. Yeah, yeah. Then you feel bad in the morning, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I would love, we, every time we have people on, like we could talk, I could talk to you for at least another hour. <laughs> yeah. We have to schedule another we one. Have schedule another to, half. Yeah. We have to end Wrap it. it I also really have to pee. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh, well, thanks for that information. Um, tell everyone, tell everyone where they can uh, find you, um, follow you, et cetera. Yeah. So the best place to find me, I recently just started a new page on Instagram. Instagram has always been my number one hangout spot when it comes to social media. So that page now, it's just my first and part of my last name. So it's A-M-Y-K-U-P-H. So it's at, at awesome. Amy Koof. Um, and that's on Instagram. That's the best way I'm there every day. Okay. Awesome. And we'll have your website and everything um, linked in the show notes. And... Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us, for taking time out of your Friday to be here and chat with our audience. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it as well. All right, everybody. Uh, Let's see. Happy parenting and good luck out there. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Bye. Well, did you learn anything new or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, You already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.